Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Masked Llama, Andrew Liguori, Retro Overdrive, Ozzy Garcia, Keith Gasper, and Diskimera. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 113 of Retro Hangover. Showing classic gamers, welcome to the podcast where we kindly kick kids, kidding, kinks, coalescing, condescending, cunning cunts of condensation. This is episode 113 of Retro Hangover. I'm your co-host, Chris Copleen, with special guest Adam Blank from Remember the Game podcast. And as always, your host, Shane. Pink Dick Sock Dragon Koski. <laughs> there he is. I I love it. I love having new guests on the show because like ninety percent of the time they're just like, did did Chris like disappear? Yeah, I, th- I thought he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he comes back from space and it. everything's fine. <laughs> By the way, to k- kudos to you for mixing in both the K's and the C's in the preamble this time around. Very mast- masterfully done. It harkens back to our earlier uh, episodes. When I just didn't know what the fuck I was doing and I just, hey, this is alliteration. This sounds cool. I mean, listen, man, you pulled those off really yeah, well. I'm blown away. That was incredible. <laughs> I would have like I, by the third word, I would have been like the hell with this. It's episode 113. Let's start. You nailed it. That was incredible. <laughs> well done. Typically, it does get to the third word, and I'm like, fuck, let me yeah. start over. So this time I did it. Thank you for stopping by the show, Adam. I know we this has been wor- a work in progress for several months, so we're finally happy to get you on the show here, and uh, we're looking forward to having you and hearing you talk all about Kirby. That little pink bastard, man. It's uh, it's my pleasure. Thank <laughs> you so much, not only for asking me, but thank you for your patience, because I know that, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty flaky when it comes to trying to lock me down to get me to talk. So uh, thank you having me and thanks for your patience in uh trying to set this up because i know i haven't made it easy on you guys oh it's all good it's you know it's i understand that you have a hectic schedule with everything you do it's always a pleasure i mean you have a lot of podcasts too so chris handles the scheduling so i know nothing of this (laughs) i i do all the behind the scene work so i work in the shadows and it's fantastic (laughs) but in any case like we are i can't say this right as we are want to do i was about to say like we are want to do as we are want to do we talk about what we are playing before we get into the episode proper. Adam, you're our guest this week, so you get to go first. What have you been up to, man? What have you been playing lately? Mostly Horizon Forbidden West. I'm trying, like, I'm trying to finish it. I won't spoil anything if anyone's listening to this, but like, are either of you playing it <laughs> or have you played it? Listening to this? <laughs> no, wow. I mean, okay, shots fired. <laughs> if anyone, if anyone playing it is listening to this, pardon me. See, this is why you guys would let me read the intro. This is why. Because it's the third word. I skip every third word. Uh, but are either of you playing it? I, I won't spoil anything. 
I, I am not. I still haven't even finished the first one yet. Okay. Yeah, my my children have my modern consoles as hostages. Okay. So all I can play is my PC and my retro consoles. Okay. It like it, it, so the first one is really good, and this one like picks up right after the first one, and it looks better, and it looks like it it, it looks all fancy and everything, but like. Dude, open, I just like, I don't know how you two are, but like every open world game I start, I'm like, this is great. I'm doing everything. And then after like 10 hours, I'm like, well, I'm going to finish the campaign and then I'll go back to the side quests. And then after like 20 hours, I'm like, I don't even want to just get this over with. And like, and that's where I'm getting now. Like, I'm just like, I don't even, they keep like, people keep coming at me with these side missions. And I'm like, you could literally tell me like all these children are trapped in this bus that just crashed into the water. It'll literally take you three seconds to swim down there and save them. And I'd be like, I don't care. They're not my kids. Yeah, I need to get this kids. game over with. I've had enough of this fucking game. <laughs> so mostly, mostly that. And then a little bit of final fantasy tactics, which I'm playing for an episode ooh, of my ooh. podcast, but I'm going to nice. keep, I'm going to keep my thoughts on that pretty close to my chest. Other than to say it's, it's pretty good. My first wow. time ever playing it, but it's pretty, take. pretty spectacular video game that final fantasy tactics, but that's almost, that's really all I've been playing though. That's not a bad selection of games. No. I have to say. Well, Horizon's starting to get there, but not yet. <laughs> okay. Just so fucking, not every game has to be open world. All right. I'm sorry. And this yeah. isn't my show. This isn't my place to fucking rant, but just, I, no, I, for it. there's Do gotta it. be game. There's gotta be game developers listening to this. Not every game has to be fucking open world. Guess what? Thank you. Some people just like linear games. Some, you just have to like, dude, 15 hours is like the sweet spot for a video game. It, mm. and you, whoa, God. Preach fuck. it, brother. Just drives me fucking insane. That's all. But it is. It's. It's. It, I like it though. So it's okay. It just fucking too much. That's all. But that's it. You say fifteen hours is the perfect length. While in the same section saying Final Fantasy Tactics is fantastic. No, I said it's good. I did not say okay. it was. Do not, because I have to review this, <laughs> and now everyone's gonna be like, "Oh wow, he thinks it's the greatest game." No, because no, listen, okay, because we reviewed Castlevania Symphony of the Night on my show, and for yeah. fucking years, everyone was like, "This game's gonna change your life," and then I played it, and I was like, "That was not that good," and I'll die on that fucking hill. It is not that good. So I'm trying to keep expectations in oh, check with Final man. Fantasy Tactics. It is, it is good. You know what? I will die on that hill with you. I will die on the Symphony of the Night should have ended before the Upside Down Castle hill. That's my hill. Oh, the Upside Down Castle that they don't fucking tell you is in the game. And then Mm -hmm. I finish the game and then people are like, what would you think of the Upside Down Castle? And I was like, I didn't know there was one. Oh, all you have to do is get two rings, a pair of glasses, go to the clock tower at 1130, duck on one knee for three seconds and hold your breath. And then it opens up a second (laughs) castle. That is apparently the best part of the game. Pound sand. Symphony of the Night sucks. It's not the best part. It's not. No. That game overstayed its welcome getting into that part. So I fucking I hate that fucking game. (laughs) <laughs> anyways so no that's okay I'm, I'm sorry what are you guys playing i'm done i'm done that's all i'm playing i'm i love done. the progression of that by the <laughs> way that it just went from like you know what castlevania symphony Knights, not as great a game as everybody says it is directly to fuck that game like just boom right there well because ever since ever since i posted that episode <laughs> people just give me shit every sense people are like i've had people come like you're wrong that game's very good and i've been taking shit for it since that episode went live and i've had enough but i'm done <laughs> I was fairly nice to you, but my my email includes Alucard in it, so I'll just say that. <laughs> Fuck. I'll fucking, leave it there. Fucking game. Anyway, what are you guys playing? I'm, I'm done. <sighs> so Shane, I'll let yeah. you, you'll go next. What have okay. you been up to, dude? Well, first of all, I agree with the open world sentiment in that, like, I tried to play Assassin's Creed Black Flag, I think at least three times 
from scratch. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it this time. And then every time I eventually get to the point where I just look at the map and I'm just like, ah, a thousand different bullshit things that I have to do or collect. I think I'm done. And it sucks because like in theory, that game checks all the boxes for me. It's like, do you, do you want to be a fucking pirate and sail the open seas in your own boat? And I'm like, yes, I yes, I do. Thank you for asking. And then it just fucks it up with the the Ubisoft formula. So like, I get it. Believe me. And then that functions as a perfect segue into what I'm playing, which is Elden Ring, which is <laughs> open world Dark Souls. I have thoughts about that because I think they they're the only ones that have pulled off the open world thing, like mostly right. Um, but that's a whole discussion in and of itself. But suffice to say, I am enjoying my time with Elden Ring. It's fantastic. Besides that, I talked to Chris about this just a couple of days ago. I have been trying my damnedest to get into Radiant Historia on my 3DS. Yeah. And um, it's not making it easy, as it turns out. So it's a JRPG, right? So I'm used to this where it's just like, eh, it's a little slow starting off. You know, you got it. You got exposition. You got to build things up. You need world building. And I'm like, OK, fine. Got it. Whatever. Holy fuck. This game, it's just like, did y'all want some exposition in your exposition? Because that's what we got for you. I have put a number of hours into this game and I've had three, three combat encounters. The rest of that time has been sitting and watching cutscenes. I, I don't know if I can make it past it. Now, I've been told that it picks up. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to see this through. The only thing that's carrying me through this is the fact that they made the decision to have fully voice acted lines for basically every character and the voice acting is well done. So that's nice. But if, if it wasn't for that and I just had to read this shit for like three hours, I probably would have bounced out by now. But we're going to see where it takes me. Uh, but I think those are the two big ones for me so far. Chris, what, what about you? What, what have you been up to lately? So the last time we talked was like a month ago in terms of recording. It's been a while. So I guess that's true. I started, as I discussed on Beetle Adventure Racing, I started playing and I beat East the Oath and Felgana, mm. which is a remake of East 3. And it's it's sad because it's a good game. But after you get done playing East Origin, you can tell which game came first because they both use the same engine. Mm. So you have East the Oath and Felgana, which is is a fast paced action game. But everything they did in East Origin improved on it. It was faster, more fluid, more linear, better directed. And it's just an overall better game. And and it, it was frustrating playing an older game than the newer version when the newer version just made so many improvements. And that makes it like it's frustrating. After that, I played Final Fantasy IV Pixel Remaster, which is a fantastic version to play. It's probably my least favorite version of that game, but it's Final Fantasy IV. So damn right, it how is. Can you complain? Damn it's right, like pizza. It is. Like even when it's bad, it's probably okay. Or give you a disease, <laughs> just like sex. Where are you ordering pizza from? <laughs> what? I don't what? know. <laughs> Little Caesars. It's hot and it's ready. That's it. That's all yeah. you're getting. There's other things that are hot and ready that you shouldn't, you know, take either. But <laughs> says you. <laughs> okay, so if. Where am I? So Final <laughs> Fantasy Four, a pixel remaster. It's if you're used to the original, if you played that on the Super Nintendo or the Game Boy Advance or the PSP, you're going to have a significantly easier time. But there, there are so many quality of life improvements. And Adam, I know you like Final Fantasy Four. 
So, you know, like the arrows, when you get arrows, you have to buy like 99 of them or else you're worried that Rose is going to run out of that shit. Yeah, I never use them ever. So in the Pixel Remaster, once you have one arrow, you don't have to buy any more. So if you find like an ice arrow or a holy arrow or something like that, you you have unlimited arrows, which is probably my favorite part of that entire game. Yeah, that's money. It's a lot easier. The music is fantastic and the graphics look great. And after that, I started playing East 4 which I'm totally playing legally on my PC mm. for uh, the, the PC Engine CD. Because it has a fan translation and dub. So I was just like, okay, on to the next East because I'm trying to play all the Final Fantasies and East games as many as I can this year. And I too am also kind of just casually playing Final Fantasy Tactics just because I started playing it when my car was getting repaired. And so whenever I have nothing better to do or I want to watch a show in the background that's like a new show, I just pop out Final Fantasy Tactics and I played it. And then I constantly realize how bad I screw up my builds and my party and be like, I should have swapped their class at an earlier time because uh, I'm, I'm getting railroaded pretty hard right now. That's starting to terrify me, too. But it's still Final Fantasy Tactics, and I absolutely love that game. I cannot complain. I'm having a great time. Very nice. All my games are good. I'm not going to complain about any of them. <laughs> uh, bring, bring some balance the to one. this discussion. Okay, yeah, that's good. exactly. I can't. Yeah. I'm going to bring the positivity back. Yeah, somebody's got to. Exactly. All right. Speaking of positivity, we probably have one of the most adorable mascots in all of gaming history with Kirby this week. And that's I don't know how this transitions over to a brief history, but somehow it does because we're going to hear a brief history of his first game. And Shane. Yes. How about you give us a brief history of Kirby's Dreamland? As it turns out, sometimes games are hard. This isn't always considered a bad thing, though. The fist-pumping elation that so often comes with finally besting a difficult encounter is nearly unparalleled. That said, not everyone equates challenge with enjoyment, especially children, who may very well be experiencing video games for the first time. Kids are smarter than they often get credit for, though, so a title geared more towards a younger demographic does still require a certain standard of quality. Just such a game is precisely what Nintendo had in mind in 1992, when they looked at their extremely successful portable system, the Game Boy. Or, at the very least, it's what a certain 22-year-old developer from HAL Laboratories was thinking. Masahiro Sakurai wanted to make an action game that, unlike most other entries in the genre, would be easy to pick up and simple to understand, even for a younger audience. Sakurai would realize his vision using a twin Famicom, a system released by Sharp that combined the Famicom and the Famicom Disk system. Because the twin Famicom didn't have keyboard support, most of the game was developed using a trackball and an on-screen keyboard. During development, the team used a simple circular sprite as a stand-in until they could determine what the game's protagonist would look like. Ultimately, however, the staff decided they liked the look of the sprite so much that they opted to keep it. He would be given the name Popopo, with the project as a whole being dubbed Twinkle Popo. For whatever reason, perhaps an homage to a lawyer that helped Nintendo less than a decade earlier, Popopo's name was changed to Kirby and the lovable, gluttonous pink ball of suck was bore. Japan 
Japan would eventually see the release of Hoshi no Kirby, or Kirby of the Stars, on April 27, 1992. It would quickly become the best-selling game in the country for the subsequent months of May and June. Kirby's commercial success would not be contained to his home country, however. On August 1st of 1992 in North America and August 4th in Europe, Kirby's Dreamland would be released to massive success. from the initial release in Japan, Kirby would sell over 1 million copies. Sales never slowed down either, with the total topping out at over 4.5 million copies sold in 1997. All told, Kirby's inaugural effort would surpass 5 million by the end of production, solidifying it as HAL's most successful game up to that point. This success enabled Kirby to become what many consider a pillar franchise for Nintendo, releasing a slew of sequels and spin-offs that continue to this very day. While the original game may receive harsher critique today due to its short length and overly simplistic nature, there is no denying that the Pink Puff struck a chord with the gaming community, creating an enduring legacy for decades to come. And really, who could possibly hate Kirby? And that is your brief history of Kirby's Dreamland. All right, thank you, Shane. Do appreciate that. Kirby is cute. I, I can say that. Every time I look at Kirby, I just smile. He, he kawaii as fuck. Yes. <laughs> as they say. I just wanted to say you nailed that. I'm impressed. That was like the best reading. I've like, I was just sitting here getting pissed off, frankly. That you were like not fucking up words. I was like, this is, I should interrupt just to fuck with them. This is crap. Fucking bullshit. Well done. Thank you. Fuck. I think. That's why Discord stops you from talking. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Is they were just like, he's going to get jealous that you guys can pronounce words with more than two syllables in them. That was great. It's all those 25 cent words. And you're right. Who can hate Kirby? Kirby's awesome. It's true. No one can hate Kirby. He can suck me anytime. Wow. We just went there. All right. Yep. There it is. I mean, that's his ability. That's what he does. It's not. I mean, it's a Vore thing, I guess. Yeah, it very much is. I keep seeing that picture of like the most recent Kirby game with him just like consuming an entire fucking car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you have you guys seen that pillow where you can put your head inside Kirby's mouth? Yes. Yes, I have. They also have like a Kirby cat bed, too, which is not going to lie. Something I considered buying. That's amazing. You know what drives me crazy is that like. Listen, I, 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 I couldn't make his video games. I get that I couldn't make his video, but I could draw Kirby. Like, it pisses me <laughs> off that, like, somebody doodled that on a napkin, and then they were like, let's just make that the main character in our game. And now he's, like, this big-ass, multi-million dollar franchise, and I'm like, you literally drew that in eight seconds. Like, that's such... <laughs> drives me fucking bananas, because, like, I could have drawn that. It's a circle with a mouth. It's crap. Anyways. The 80s were a different time. They show you how to do it in Kirby's Adventure. Yes. So first off, we talk about our personal experiences, and I have listened to Adam's episode on this on Remember the Game, so I, I think he has a slightly more interesting one than the rest of us. I don't know. I wow. don't know Shane's personal experience. Really? Okay, so maybe Shane does, but I'm just going to take a stab here. Shane, what's your personal experience with, with, with Kirby? Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, it's not. It's not as exciting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what, what my personal experience is, um, uh, nothing. Zero. 
That's it. I, I didn't play Kirby. I didn't touch the Kirby franchise as a whole for a very long time. Um, I, I suppose it's because I just assumed that it was like just a shitty kids game. And so I was just like, eh, whatever, fuck that. He's cute or something, but I don't really care. It just never really made it very far onto my radar. Actually, I had to think about this today when I was putting together my notes, and I'm fairly certain that my first foray into the Kirby verse, such as it is, because it's fucking Sakurai, and of course there had to be a universe. We could have a whole discussion about that, by the way. I went down a YouTube hole today. There is a shitload of Kirby lore, and it's stupid. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. Kirby Triple Deluxe for the 3DS in like 2014. I think that's like the first Kirby game I ever played, if that gives you any context. I eventually wow. went back and played this completely legally, of course. So there's that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So in 1992, if you were playing games, it was kind of hard to avoid Kirby. They did a pretty big advertising campaign for the game. And somehow it eluded me. I actually jumped on board with it with Kirby's Adventure, and I didn't end up playing Kirby's Adventure at my own house. I ended up playing at a friend's house, and I, I really liked it. I think I briefly played Kirby somewhere else. I don't think I had it on our own Game Boy. I mean, I had a Game Boy. I just don't think I had Kirby. And then I more got into the series proper. I think the first one I played like extensively, and I think it was a rental from, from Blockbuster, was uh, the, the golf game. What's, <laughs> the, what's that one called? Kirby's Dream Course. Dream Course. Dream Course. Yeah. That's right. Kirby's Dream Course. That's the first one I like really ever played. And when the Kirby 20th anniversary edition came out 10 years ago, holy shit, <laughs> I made sure to pre-order it and get my hands on it because I don't know. Kirby is just cute. And somehow I grew an affinity for Kirby, even though I like didn't play any of the games, which is weird. And Kirby's Epic Yarn was really artistically gorgeous even though it wasn't really much of a game but it was a really beautiful game so i picked up the 20th anniversary collection that's the first time i was able to play dreamland through and i'll talk more about that as we get into the episode because that's the version i initially played for this and oof, <laughs> probably not the one you should play but uh i will get <laughs> to that later so uh adam how about you well okay this is wild because like when you asked me to come on and talk kirby i was like man i haven't played most of the modern kirby games i don't know how good a guest i'm gonna be but then I'm listening to you guys and one of you fucking you're like, oh, I didn't touch Kirby till 2014. And when he's like, I played golf, but other than that, I didn't touch Kirby. He <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, bro, you're right. I was nine years old when Kirby's Dreamland came out, and I bought the hype, like hook, line, and sinker. And I played the hell out of Kirby's Dreamland and Kirby's Adventure and Kirby Superstar. I played all the old ones, but I don't know the new ones. So I was like, man, suddenly I'm starting to feel like, all right, I got some, I got some flex. I I know my Kirby over here. <laughs> My story is that I've, I've told this a million times before, but Kirby's Dreamland is the first video game I ever bought with my own money. When I was nine years old, I bought into all the hype from all the ads and they were everywhere. And I saved up all my birthday money. And then I went to the store and I bought Kirby's Dreamland for my Game Boy. And I was so excited. First, everyone remembers the first game they bought with their own money. That's a big fucking deal. That's yours. Like you can oh, say, yeah. like you can tell your brother or sister, like you can't play this one. This one's mine. You can pound sand. And I got Kirby's <laughs> Dreamland home. And I beat it in about an hour and I'll never forget like the sinking feeling I had because I was like, <laughs> this is, I was like that. Do you have any, I don't remember what it cost back then. Probably like 40 bucks, 50 bucks. Do you know how much money oh, yeah. $40 is to a nine-year-old, especially a nine-year-old in 1992. That was, that was like, your life savings. It literally was my life savings. <laughs> and I spent it on this game where I beat it in an hour. 
And then I was like crying. And I remember my mom being like, well, look, there's a hard mode. So then I fired that up and beat that in like an hour. And I was, and I'm not that good at games. And I was just like <laughs> devastated, devastated. And you know what? Had my mom not got me, well, Santa, pardon me, Santa got me Kirby's Adventure oh, right. for course, my NES. Yeah. Yes. Had Santa not hooked me up with a Kirby game on the NES with, with Kirby's Adventure, uh, I might have never gone back to the franchise because I was so pissed off that I beat it that quick. Like, dude, it's like, you know, when you rent a game and then you get it home and then you're like, oh, this sucks. And you're like, I just wasted my weekend. That's how I felt, mm -hmm. but literally with my life savings. It was one of the worst experiences <laughs> of my fucking life. God damn it. This is like a, this is like a formative event for you. It really hurt, man. It was a big <laughs> fucking big deal. But then uh, you mentioned Kirby's Adventure on the NES. We got that for Christmas. That game is phenomenal. I will mm. like, with the exception of maybe Kirby Superstar on the Super Nintendo, Kirby's Adventure is the best Kirby game. I think it is just, I think it's one of the best games on the NES. I think it's one of the best Kirby games. It's a good video game. But then I played Kirby Superstar and then I kind of disappeared from Kirby too because they're they're easy and i don't think that's a slag because i think that's part of the game but i just thought i was like i, I want to play something that'll at least try to bite me back so i kind of just stopped playing them after that no i can get that yeah you just went directly to super ghosts and goblins yeah after that. whoa fuck. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, i still have scars on my knuckles from that fucking game that's a different story but that's my personal experience with kirby he broke my heart but then he he's repaired it later that's all you can't you can't stay mad at him. You can't, right? You can't. No. The way he dances and serenades you and convinces you that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. I, that was a great story. And speaking of, we're going to go into what we thought about, I, I guess, the plot of this game. <laughs> hey, I, what did I say, Chris? There is a plot. There is a plot. There is a plot. So, yeah, there is. <laughs> Sure is. All right. I'm just going to fucking take this and run with it because you. I don't, I don't think you know where you're going. All right. So uh, DDD listen, is a Kirby, dick. Well, yes. Also, just for the record, King DDD is a, an amazing name just to say. It just rolls. He's right awesome. Yes, it does. He's better than Kirby. That's actually that's 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 true facts, I think, as the kids say. But here's the thing. Debatable. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to open this up right off the bat. Say Kirby, it's fucking Kingdom Hearts there. Mic drop moment. What? Right there. What? Yes, exactly. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. You know why? No. Because it takes the same bullshit insane route with its plot after after like the first like game or two. Guaranteed. Go go this look it up. Sakurai was just like, what? you know what Kirby needs? It needs an entire universe of stupid bullshit. And that's what happened. It's not here. This is sure. this is like Kingdom Hearts one where it's like, this is a very simple story. It's my you know what? Yes. It might even be considered simple and clean so there you go shut up <laughs> but uh but no that's that's my comparison that's my hot take that kirby is kingdom hearts that offends me because i can't stand kingdom Good, hearts it should and i like kirby and you know what <laughs> until they start calling the next kirby oh here comes kirby 2 here comes kirby 2.4 here comes kirby 2.496 <laughs> the prequel to kirby 2.5 here comes two kirby 2.5 <laughs> hd prequel fucking until they start naming them like the like the, I'll never play a Kingdom Hearts game because of the names. I the names drive me fucking insane. <laughs> drive me fucking insane. At least Kirby is just like it's Kirby's Dreamland. It's Kirby's Dreamland two. It's Kirby's Dreamland three. Now he just comes up with random words. I have no idea what the fucking story is. I have no idea. For all I know, King DDD is a fine man, and Kirby just wanted his food. I have no fucking idea why we're attacking DDD. 
But to compare it to exactly. Kingdom Hearts, sir, I shan't allow that to happen. Not on my fucking watch. <laughs> All right. Well, consider this for a moment. Kirby is actually the manifestation of a god. Canonically. That might be true. Yes. I, I, <laughs> Not in the first game, though. Not no, quite yet. No, but we're talking about the first game. That's chain. where it goes, Chris. <laughs> All right. Is that true? I didn't know that. They haven't discussed how he has a black hole in his stomach yet. That's not, we're not there yet. I always assumed he had like another dimension inside of him. Yeah, he's like a bag of holding. Yeah, Yeah. and he just like, so he never gets full because as he eats, it just goes into like another dimension. His hunger is unending. There's like some like 2,000 pound person on the other end of that dimension who's like, stop eating. And Kirby just won't stop. (laughs) And then the food disappears inside that. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Sorry, I'm done. Go back to the plot. I don't know what the fuck the plot is, so I have nothing to bring to this. You just go fight an evil bird. DDD and his minions go to like Kirby's land and steal all the food. Yes. And because Kirby is a gluttonous black hole of a of a thing, and I guess so are his people. And you don't ever see his people. I can, I think that is that's a little weird. Uh he goes out and he tries to get back all the food. Well, he stole the food and the stars. Yes, yes. stole the food and the stars. Because in Dreamland, they use the stars for everything to make their food, to live. Like it's it's very important. It's currency. It's an integral part of their society. Yeah, they have crypto star coin. <laughs> Kirby coins. I always thought his people were the other Kirby's that dance with you when you beat levels. Or is that just clones of him? I don't know. I don't think this ever really addressed. I just always assumed that those were just like his friends. It's one of his many divine powers. Hmm. I mean, that would kind of explain why, like, I know we're, we haven't gotten the gameplay yet or anything like that, but it kind of explained like in, in the last level when you touch one of the little dancing Kirby's in order to go fight the bosses, everything dies like you're rescuing oh, them or yeah. something. But that, that's never really addressed. Yeah, man. We need answers. Kirby's. Yes. I never thought this much about Kirby. Uh, this, is, this, is getting, <laughs> this is getting heavy. I don't know. This, uh, this is getting weird. It's fucking weird. I was OK. And, and what is DDD? Because DDD has like the same abilities as Kirby. Is he like a Kirby? He's just a penguin Kirby. I get. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. That's never addressed either. Yeah. Maybe it's like a Mario thing. It's just like a play. And DDD is just like some actor that he has to go pretend to beat up or something because he does all the same shit Kirby can do. He just has a mallet and Kirby has a mallet in other games. That's true. Is just penguin Kirby. I don't know. These are questions we don't have answers to. (laughs) Is penguin Kirby that I feel like that's going to be the (laughs) subtitle of the episode. How did we get here? Well, you know, Chris, let me tell you about Void, which is the omnipotent being that created the Kirbyverse. Let's go Please, there. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All I know is that Earth is Earth doesn't exist anymore in Kirby's world. That's true. But that's it's not the, until Kirby's sixty four. I say it's the frozen, the frozen world. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we're way the fuck off track on this one, but I, I, I think I, Woo-hoo! I think I like it. But suffice to say. Uh, DDD's like, fuck these nerds. I'm going to steal their food. And then Kirby's like, yo, I can eat things. I'm going to get it back. That's your plot. I'm going yeah. to eat them. Yeah. Yes, essentially. Except DDD. He can't eat DDD. No, you can't eat DDD. Which is weird. Not for lack of trying. DDD can eat him, though. He sure can. True. But uh, speaking of eating, mm. that's a core gameplay mechanic. Sure and that's is. the next thing that we're going to be talking about. Uh, Adam Hubble, let's start with you. What do you think of the gameplay of Kirby overall? You know what? I like, again, it's easy. Sometimes I slag on it for it. And I don't know if I should be because I think there's a market for like, dude, if you can make a game like Dark Souls where like 50% of gamers are terrified to even pick it up, myself included, then why can't you make a game on the other end of the spectrum where like 50% of gamers are like, this is too easy. 
Like I, I like so it is easy, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing as a whole. I love like I love the way Kirby plays. I like the way you eat. Like I'm a huge Mega Man fan. I'm a big fan of like stealing the uh, abilities of your of your opponents of your the the enemies. So I love the way that like that's the coolest thing about Kirby is just like who can I eat to like get a new ability from them, and then what ability have I got now? And I really mm. think, frankly, I think it's a bit of an underrated mechanic in these games. Everybody just talks about how easy they are. But it's like if you just put the easiness aside and just put your feet up and just enjoy the ride for an hour, it's a lot of fun. When you get bored of playing with a sword, then you swallow the beam guy and now you have a beam and or whatever. It's I love that mechanic. I really like that mechanic a lot, frankly. I think it's underrated. I think it's the coolest thing about Kirby games as a whole is just that mechanic. But that's and sadly it's that not part game. of this game. <laughs> oh no, I didn't no. You know, oh right, no, wait. <laughs> No, in Dreamland you can't, dude. You're right. In Dream, no. well, then in that case, Dreamland <laughs> fucking sucks. You're right. That's the one. You're right. You can like eat, and you know, no. You know what's funny? Because I replayed it last year for my podcast, and I was like, "What the fuck?" There's the enemies in this game that have the abilities, but you can't take their fucking abilities in this one. I totally <laughs> no. forgot about that. You're right. What the fuck, Dreamland? Adam played adventure for this episode and was completely ill prepared. You're right. I didn't do any prep for this one. I'm high right now. <laughs> like I just fucking showed up. I live I don't in know. Canada, man. We're high all the time up here. Nice. Sweet. Uh, you're right. I told, I forgot about that. But having said that then, cause you are right. You can't do that in dreamland and it drives me crazy. Cause that's the only Kirby game. You can't do it in. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think this is a charming game, but like without that, mecha- even as a kid, I already told you guys this story. I bought this game as a kid and I was like, this is too easy. And I still, I, I feel like that. And then when you add in the fact that you can't even fuck around with taking other abilities and stuff, like flying is cool and swallowing enemies is cool and spitting out fart puffs like he does when he flies is like, is cool. I don't want to shit on this game because I like this game, but like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it feels like a giant demo. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I can pick that up. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. I fucking can't believe I, dude, it drives me fucking bananas that I forgot that this was the one you can't take abilities from. Because I was playing on my Game Boy. <laughs> the only one. Yeah, I was playing on my Game Boy and I was like, am I doing something wrong? Like, it had been like 20 years. And then I was like, no, you just can't take, like, the one thing everybody knows fucking Kirby for, you can't do it in this one. All you can do is, like, spit apples at shitty trees. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, it took me, like, a solid five minutes when I first booted this up again to figure out how the fuck to float. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Because you have to I press cock blocked by that first cliff. I was like, what the fuck? Am I supposed to jump on this guy? How the fuck do I get over this? This game sucks. And then I pressed up and I was like, oh, great. <laughs> and then the game is over because you can fly exactly, over Exactly, right? Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. You know what? To get back to that, I would like to know did they want to put the ability to eat enemies and take their powers in this game in it and weren't able to make it work? Or did they make this game like it is? And then they saw the feedback where everyone's like, that's a cool idea, but holy fuck, that is easy. And then they were like, let's put a little bit more depth to it by letting you steal a bit. Like, I don't know. Like I, because without like, dude, if they, if, if, if they had never put the ability to take abilities in Kirby, like that franchise would be fucking dead. It wouldn't be fun. It's not fun. Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So I don't know. I, I kind of think like the success from the first Kirby, I have no idea if that was in the thought process and they just ran out of time or whatever the case might be. Cause this is still back in the Nintendo era where, I mean, allegedly they don't anymore, but like crunch was expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have this 22 year old dude just playing on a Famicom disc system, essentially with a trackball and an screen keyboard. And he's like, I'm making a game and it's cool. And so I could understand if he's like, yeah, he just sucks and he can fly and he can spit shit out. So I like it. Was it there from the beginning? Who knows? I mean, the entire concept was just make it really simple. So probably adding in the abilities was something they may have thought was more complicated, but I have no idea. I can only 
assume and guess, right? On my end for for the gameplay. So you said when you played this last time, it was it was on a Game Boy, and I I'm going to have to say that's probably the best way to play this game or play it on like a Super Game Boy or some shit. Because I put this on the Wii collection. I put in my Wii U. And I actually took uh, the Wiimote and I hooked up the Nintendo controller from the Nintendo Classic because it works as a classic controller for Wii games. Yeah. And there's like a lot of lag. And I didn't know if that was just in the original game. I was like, this this can't be true. So I got through like the first game, which took me like 20 minutes because it isn't hard. It's really easy. And then I went to the second game, the extra game. And I was just getting demolished. Like, I did not know what the hell was going on. So, like, for me, it went from a really, really easy game to a, hey, go fuck yourself game really quick, especially with the lag. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, is that because of the lag or a little bit of both? Mm. Because I did play it on an emulator to compare it. Right. You know, on my PC, just to make sure the lag wasn't there. And the lag was substantially better once I played on the emulator. So, yeah, that's just inherent to that version. So, if you have the 20th anniversary collection for your Wii, don't fucking play that. (laughs) (laughs) The lag is terrible. Uh, it may, I couldn't even beat the, the tree boss in the first level on extra game. Ugh. For me, the, the lag was that bad. Yeah. That tree can't even hurt you. <laughs> he can't in extra game. <laughs> I'm just breaking your balls. I don't know. Well, I, I will say I that I don't think the tree has ever hurt me, but yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, I was fucking nine years old and I beat it on hard mode, but I mean, you do you, I guess. Like, you know. Yeah, dude. Get good. I was a bit of a prodigy. <laughs> I, I don't remember it lagging. I do remember. It does feel sluggish. Like, I don't remember leg, so I think that might have been yeah. part of your collection. But even without leg, like, this isn't Mario. It's not no. snappy. You move like a morbidly obese little creature with no legs. <laughs> like, it's it's slow. Well, that's, yeah. 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 Like, Kirby will slide. There's there's a moment. There's a little bit of a moment, uh, momentum mechanic behind it. So, like, you press a direction, and Kirby won't start and stop. Like you said, not as snappy. The other thing is, because up is float, sometimes if your thumb rolls up on the D-pad, Especially like for me, when I jump, I just tend to press up, not not like intentionally, just inherently. Mm-hmm. And like, especially when I was fighting DDD in extra mode, because sometimes you have to have precision jumps when he starts running at you and he takes a dive. Yeah. You can jump over him and it's no issue. But if you press up, you won't jump. You'll just sit on the ground and you'll be this big fat puffball trying to fly up. Yep. And of course, coming down, is it like you come down like you, you, you float even when you come out of that? It's a slower fall. And sometimes you hit the ground if you're too high up. Precision control isn't exactly the name of this game, and that can be frustrating, especially in the extra game mode. I mean, obviously not in the in, in the base game. The base game is inherently a game designed for children. It's baby's first action platformer, yeah. and it's supposed to be. There's that's what it was designed to be. It's supposed to be an introduction for like your little brother or something. Or just if, if it's you when you're a really young kid and you've played a game before, that's Kirby. Yeah. But the extra game is is more for intermediate players and yeah, the controls are the most difficult part of that just because it's not really fast to react. Shane, what do you think? Yeah, actually, that, that's a perfect segue to one of my points that I wanted to make about this. I agree with the, the general sentiment about the controls. There's one additional thing that in the grand scheme of things is like a pretty minor qualm because overall, I generally really like how this game plays. But there is yeah. one thing that I noticed that really bothers me is that there's about a second or fraction of a second delay between when you eat an enemy and then when you are actually able to spit it back out as a star um you can't do that instantaneously 
And that really fucking bothers me because there were a number of times playing through this where I would try, I would be operating on that assumption of like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to eat him and then shoot it back out because there's an enemy coming like right towards me. I would often end up just getting hit for no good fucking reason because there's this like weird delay between those two actions and it's consistent. So I don't know if it's just like an animation delay thing or something, but that really bothered me because all I ended up doing was like eating the guy and then mashing the button until it would let me shoot it back out again. So that kind of sucked. You know where that's a real problem on is mm. the Lolo lo, lo and la 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 fight. Yeah, that's where I was yes. going to go to where they're running at you with those like, I, I don't know what they are. Like, I always thought they were like potion jars or whatever the fuck it is. But yeah, where mm. they're running at you and yeah, you want to swallow it and hit them really quick, but you can't, it's impossible. You can't. Like you need yep. to come up from yeah. behind them and like swallow it and then shoot it into their ass type thing like behind. Yep. Yep. Fuck. Exactly. Dude. Or when you fight DDD and he runs at you with his hammer because he'll hit the ground and oh, kick the yeah. star up and you want to just like, but you can't. It takes that. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, it does take like a half. I don't, maybe that's like a Game Boy limitation too. I don't know. But that shit's annoying as fuck. Yeah. I don't know what the limitation is there or if it was just an oversight in kind of how they programmed it or whatever. But yeah, it's consistently aggravating and i'm actually glad that you guys brought up those two other examples of it because those are totally valid so that was really my like qualm with it other than that uh, on the whole i think sakurai was right like it's pretty easy it's very intuitive i mean you basically have like three things you can do right you can jump you can eat enemies and spit out stars and you can float that's like pretty much it yeah and that's fine because honestly sometimes simplicity is the key right Like I was having this exact conversation with someone recently, as a matter of fact, about why I actually tend to go back to Diablo one more regularly than Diablo two, despite two being arguably the air quotes better game and one that I personally would actually rank higher overall in my own personal top 10 list of games. The reason for that is because of the simplicity. Diablo one is like the quintessential action RPG. It's stripped down. You know what you're getting. You don't have to look up a fucking character build beforehand to be effective. You just play the game. And there's something to be said for that. And the same thing applies here. You can just jump in and have a good time. And and that's okay. The fact that linearity has become like a dirty word in the gaming sphere over the last like 10 ish years, give or take uh, sucks because there's there's a lot going for games that choose to take that path rather than just throwing you into an open space with a bunch of fucking icons on a map as we said earlier a couple other things i wanted to point out on the gameplay in case you didn't think the game is easy enough already the healing and power-up items are plentiful so (laughs) yes you should have no issues with that yeah even one-ups The one thing I actually speaking of, and this kind of is pseudo graphics related, but you guys were talking about the lag. The one thing that I did notice that lags this game out the most is projectiles. If you've got like more than one or two projectiles on the screen or effects like Kirby's little suck animation going on or the laser beam. Yes, or that definitely that then the game will slow down and the curry, the plate of curry power up that gives you the fireballs. That will lag the whole fucking thing out. I did want to talk about the curry real quick. Sure. You get like this, this sweet. I, I don't know what it is. The thing that takes you and turns you invisible. It's like this, uh, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a lollipop lollipop. Yeah. Yeah, lollipop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the lollipop that makes you turn invincible and you can just run and charge things. Mm-hmm. 
So you get the you get the curry, right? Kirby starts flashing the exact way you do when you get the lollipop. Uh, so I just assumed I'm invincible when I have the curry, too, right? <laughs> you just ran headlong no. into something. Yeah, it's just like, why am I taking damage? This makes no fucking sense. I'm flashing. It's playing special music. But I mean, it is cool that you can just rapidly shoot fireballs if you just hold down the button. Yeah, which is awesome. But under all indications, you're supposed to be invincible because the first thing they do give you is the lollipop. True. That's true. So it's like, I, I don't know why I'm invincible. So that's that's kind of a bad gameplay design. It's a, it's a nitpick. Yeah, sure. But it's it's something that shouldn't be there. I walk a fine line when it comes to stuff like that, because I agree with you. But like, I play so many retro games now for what I do for my job. And there are a lot of games I've never played before. Like you guys experiencing Kirby Dreamland for the first time. There are, and I'm not defending it, but like there are certainly anything from like Super Nintendo Genesis back in particular, like I feel like those games are designed around like we expect that you've read the instruction manual. You know what I mean? Like oh, gaming yeah, today, right. they're like, Absolutely. hey, here's your tutorial. We'll teach you the game. Whereas back then they're like, we're not teaching you a fucking thing. You'd better know how to read or you can't play. Like it's one or the other. I do agree with you like that. that it's that fact, like just make them flash different or fuck it, something, you know, like I get like, I know you have three colors. It's Game Boy, but like fucking make them flash different or something. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not criticizing your criticizing. I'm just like, I'm, I'm never <laughs> sure how much to like shit on a game for something when I'm like, they probably explained it. I, I do you know what I'm saying? Like, because I don't know what else you can do at the same time. You know what I mean? Well, we we had that same conversation with like Legend of Zelda where we were just like, you know what really helps figuring out where the fuck to go in this game? Uh, the instruction manual, because they give you the maps for like the first three sure. dungeons. Right. <laughs> but like you don't always have access to those now. Right. And it's like, right. no, I, I, yeah, I get it. Like, I, I agree. Like, and, and even even if you do read the instruction manual, it should still like you can't convince me there's not another flash animation in the fucking build video game system. Or I don't know, like make make his head turn on fire or some shit there's gotta be something right? yeah something well the other thing is too is you learn pretty quick yeah <laughs> like well, you, you yeah, figure it I'm out sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one more uh, special ability i do want to talk about is the mint leaf and yes. i understand it's a very specific use that thing is amazing but though. it's a I, yeah it is i love it the the boss fight's a little cheap because the the pattern is really hard to get down if you can even if it really even has a pattern but it does that is a really fun boss fight yeah and i love the fact that they use it and mix it up yeah Actually, on that note, I just want to like, I think like other than the shitty tree, which I know why he's there because he's the first boss like that tree fucking he's iconic, but he fucking sucks. (laughs) The rest of the boss fights in this game are fucking pretty rad, actually. Like considering how easy the game is and how kind of basic it is, they really thought outside of the box with some of the boss fights. And I think it's awesome. Fucking love it. Oh, yeah. And then and then fighting them all again at the end is like that. I'm a Mega Man guy and I'm like, that's that's fucking perfect. I love it. Love it. (laughs) I agree. Boss rush, baby. Yes. I love the boss rush. I live for it. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up, Chris, because that was actually something that I specifically called out to because I was just like playing through this. I was just expecting standard platformer for five solid levels, which for the most part it is. But then you get to the end of level three and I was like, what the fuck is this thing? And he picks it up and I'm like, yo, this is a shmup now. Yeah. This is fantastic. I was I yes. was so happy about that. I do want to bring up the boss rush at the end because I. I just listened to your episode so, so I could review it prior coming into this, Adam. And you were talking about how you didn't like the fact that there's levels before the bosses in the boss rush mode. Mm. Yeah, well, like, yeah, because they're just so half-assed. Yeah. No, I, I can agree I, with I that. I tend to agree with that, actually. 
I, I do agree with it. But on, on the other hand, if you just go straight into a boss rush, remember the last thing you just did prior to getting into that level was a boss. Yeah. So it goes straight from the cloud boss. And then if you just went into straight another boss rush, it'd probably feel a little awkward. I'm not saying that they implemented the way they did it correctly. I think Mega Man does it much better where they have you go through like a little level, even if it is a half ass level on your way to like eight containers. Sure. Because again, like the bosses, the, the boss you face in Mega Man before you go through the eight bosses is a different boss. Yeah. Whereas it's just a repeat boss. So I understand why they did what they did. I understand it's a little half-assed. Like, in order to transition, I don't think there's any other way they could have done it other than just add a boss that wasn't part of that rush. You're probably right, but, like, then, like, create an, like, yeah, then, yeah, like, create an original level, because, like, those little levels you play before each of those bosses, like, they feel like cutting room floor footage from the actual levels. Like, they were just, like, we just took, like, 15 seconds that got cut out of it. Like, it's just... I, it just feels like padding to me. Like, and it's like, yeah, I get that the game is already only eight minutes long. Like I get, you need to pad it a little <laughs> bit, but yeah, those like, again, like they don't offend me. I just think they're stupid. That's all, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I know the cool boss is waiting at the end. So I think they're very offensive because some of them, you can just, one of them, you can just like free, free dive just yeah. right from the start <laughs> of it and just fall all the way down <laughs> and it, you're at the end. You don't have to do anything. So no, I am offended by them. Uh, but I do understand why they did it. Anything else we want to talk about on the gameplay here? I know that we could probably go longer oh. on this, but I think we've covered all our bases. Go ahead, Adam. One last, unless I'm thinking of the wrong game, like I've already done once and embarrassed myself forever. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Don't worry. We do that quite frequently. Dude, it's funny because some of my guests on my show do that. And after we get off the air, I'm like, you dumbass. And I let them have it. And then I'm like, <laughs> I just did it. I'm the dumbass. But isn't this the one where after you beat DDD, then you get to fight that badass vampire flying thing? Is this that one? No, or is no, that no, a no. different one where there's like a second boss after DDD? That's a DDD? different one. Oh, is that a different one? That's Marks, and I don't know which game he's in. But okay. yes, I know what you know you're what talking, talking about, about right? but that's okay, not this one. Okay, I didn't one. think so, but all right, because yeah. he's awesome. Okay, well then fuck him, then he doesn't count, but okay. And he's also a terrifying boss yeah. in Super Smash he's Brothers. He, dude, he's terrifying all the time. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You don't belong at Kirby, fucking vampire looking no. motherfucker, but okay freaky as fuck. no we just get the uh, we just get the stupid right yeah i just okay then ddd's awesome and that's the end okay good all right all right speaking about how things look graphics are how things look wow that wow. was terrible we're professionals yeah. <laughs> shane yeah how do you think this game comes off visually i mean listen man like it's the game boy right so don't expect anything to like blow your socks off but with that said i actually really do appreciate just the sheer amount of personality and character that i think the developers were able to express with essentially a monochrome color palette and like little shitty sprites they knew what they were working with and they pulled it off really well like everything is just so damn like whimsical and fun i just it's hard not to love it like even the little intro cut scenes that you kind of get like at the beginning of each level are just fucking adorable i mean man i don't know i don't really have a lot to complain about I think they did exceptionally well with what they had to work with. Adam? No, I agreed. I, listen, nobody plays Game Boy games for the graphics. Like, that's <laughs> not what you fight. You're not like, oh my God, I got to get lost in this great immersion. Like, it's, it's a fucking Game Boy. Having said that, though, when a Game Boy game looks good, I'm, I'm happy to give it, like, extra credit because I'm like, you're working on a tiny puke green screen that's blurry and blah, 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 blah. I played a lot of Game Boy in my day, man, and I I legitimately think this is one of the better looking games on the system. Like I I think it's frankly a little bit remarkable how good this game looks. 
I don't exactly know how game development works, but I kind of wish they had developed, spent a little bit of the time they spent on making this game look good on making the game a little bit deeper. Like of all the things you can complain about with this game, I think it's the one thing I don't have a single complaint about. I just think it looks awesome. You're never confused by what's going on. Mm. You know what's going. I I think it looks great. I love it. Love the way this game looks. I I tend to 100% agree with Adam. I think you look at this game and a lot like what Super uh, Mario Land 2 did, where you could say it took a lot of the sprites from from Super Mario World and put them into a Game Game Boy form. I think Kirby's Dream Land is on that same level of where Super Mario Land is as well. Maybe not quite to the extent because Super Mario Land 2 did some really cool things. But take Kirby, Kirby's Dream Land, and compare it to Super Mario Land 1. It's like night and day. Kirby's Dreamland is a fantastic looking game. The amount of animations that are there for a Game Boy are are above and beyond what you'd expect from your average Game Boy game, at least uh, like compared to Pokemon, which came out like what, like four years yeah. later. I think it's a better looking game than Pokemon. Scene transitions are are all good. The only real issue is something that Shane only already brought up and that's slowdown. But you have to think how powerful is the Game Boy? Yeah, right. It's a fucking portable system that you can probably run on a potato yeah. and that's what the game boy is. So the, the, the fact they're able to do what they did with this game, much like they, they did with a lot of NES console ports, but I think that goes above that. It's, it's really impressive, uh, especially for 1992 before the game boy came back into full swing with like the Pokemon revolution. So hats off to hats off to Kirby here, hats off to hell laboratories and, and the graphic designer that worked on this game. I don't have the graphic designers name. Maybe it was Masahiro Sakurai. No idea fantastic job for a 92 effort on a really weak system and the, you brought up the leg the thing with kirby is like i i i honestly think part of that is it's a how laboratories thing because like kirby's adventure drags on the fucking nes sometimes drags and like kirby superstar on the super yeah. nintendo can slow the fuck down sometimes too and like i i don't again i don't know how game development like in my simplistic mind, I imagine developing a game, like creating a character in like a sports game. And they're like, you have a hundred stats points and you can put them into like graphics, sound, like how well the game works, <laughs> like runs like, and I'm like, they just put all of their points into graphics and they didn't worry about how well the game plays, like how the gra- like how it runs. But like a lot of Kirby games slow down. So like, I think that they just kind of decided, I- I'm sure they don't want the slow down there. But I, I, I think that they they made a decision of just like, that's as good as we're going to be able to make it run. Because that just seems to be a problem with all the old Kirby games, unfortunately. I think if you look at a lot of Hell games, and maybe I'm wrong, someone's going to correct me and be like, no, you're wrong here. Fine, whatever, I don't care. Uh, Hell games really tend to punch above their weight. That's, yeah. In terms yeah. of what they offer at the Yeah, that's time. what I was just going to say. I think that might be a big part of it. So, like, even think about Kirby's Adventure, which came out in, what, 93? Because it came out a year after, after Kirby's Dreamland. Super Nintendo had been out for two yeah. years by the time Kirby's Adventure came yeah. out. So they were stretching the NES to its yeah. limit. So I can understand why it would drag. Even uh, Kirby Superstar looks like a game that would stretch the SNES to its limit. Certainly Kirby's Dreamland 3 did in terms of its art yeah. style. I think it had an extra chip inside of it. So yeah, Hell, Hell always tried to push the limits of what it was doing for the Game Boy. And even a 92 release, remember, I think the Game Boy came out in 89 with Tetris and then people just... If you weren't playing Tetris, for the most part, until Pokemon, people weren't really playing a Game Boy. Oh, well, Kirby's Dreamland did sell fantastically. Like we said, like four and a half million units. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a bunch of stupid kids out there that spent their life savings on this yeah. fucking game. So yeah, there was at least one <laughs> kid that yeah, fucking played it. God damn it. <laughs> at least. At least one stupid at least one. Canadian kid. But yeah, I agree. 
But this is this is a mid-life cycle game, technically, because it's three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, it looks like a later Game Boy yeah. game. So, yeah, Hell was definitely punching above their weight. So the slowdown doesn't surprise me because they're probably just trying to fit as much as they could into it. And it still looks it looks better than if you took the color out of a lot of NES games. It looks better than a lot of NES games. Agreed. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of NES games, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to say I really want to see this. where you're going. With me that too. One. The Game Boy has a similar sound chip to the NES. Some would ah, say better. That's seven out of ten. And the Game Boy has music. I don't. <laughs> and it fell to zero. <laughs> got, I'm leaving. I got distracted. He had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so how does Kirby's music and sound perform just in general? How, what do you guys think of the music and sound for Kirby? Adam, I'll let you start out on this one. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Off the top of my head, I don't remember any of the songs like vividly but when we did the episode about this game on my show last year i did look up the soundtracks to sample them much again nobody plays the game boy for the sound same as nobody plays the game boy for the graphics this game's oh, got some fucking. oh yeah like i listen I, there's some great sound on the game boy but i'm not like half the time i played the game boy with my sound off because i needed to preserve my batteries so i played it with the sound <laughs> no, off I get that. A lot. Yeah. struggle is real this game's got a pretty banging fucking soundtrack we just said this game kind of looks like an nes game on the game boy this game sounds like an nes game too and i mean that in a good way yeah like it sounds really good shane yeah i mean i for the most part i think they nailed it right i mean listen you i bet you almost anything you could play the level one track to anyone with even like a passing knowledge of video games and they'd be like oh that's yeah it's fucking kirby like it's just it's iconic it's fun it just it just makes you feel good. Like everything about this game, including the the musical score, is built specifically for endorphins. I'm 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 convinced of this. And so, like, yeah, man, it's just it's a, it's a fun soundtrack. I think the only like little nitpick I have is I'm not a huge fan of some of the boss music. I think level. I actually don't know. Somebody can call me on this. I don't think each boss has just like the same music track do they honestly i don't even remember the boss tracks. okay i mean i can hear the like do they like it goes like that dunna, 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 dunna. i i don't know that was ddd yeah like that's all well, i can right. hear in my head DDDs though, is, is that music. different though yeah and that's the thing ddds is different and that's fine yeah uh, the, the only one that sticks out to me and it might be for all of them but at the very least i know it's level two the level two boss that that track that they've got it sucks like it's just <laughs> it's it's like somebody phoned that one in it's just repetitive and it's terrible but other than that the the rest of it i think is done very well and i mean as far as like the mm-hmm. actual sound design goes i think that's great you know i mean you're not working with a whole lot there but i think everything fits it's it's appropriate for what's going on it's got that same very sort of airy kind of feel to it yeah i i really don't have a whole lot to ding it on other than other than that one boss because it, it knows what it did i don't know what about you chris <laughs> uh one word comes to mind when it comes to the soundtrack for for this game and that's iconic mm. as you said you you play green green soundtrack and everyone knows that's a kirby soundtrack you get to uh, Mount DDD and you hear the intro to that and you get pumped yeah. to kick some penguin ass. <laughs> and then you have to face four half ass levels before you can do that. But Yay. you are pumped in order to go kick his ass. The music design all around is fantastic. It's one of the certainly one of the better soundtracks on the Game Boy for for any game. I wouldn't put it like above some of the RPGs. I, I like the Final Fantasy Legend soundtracks a little bit more. That's not a surprise because I'm a JRPG nerd. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, I know, right? 
But like you look at the Mega Man games, which for the most part are just renditions of their NES counterparts. And then you have a completely and of course, they're going to be good, right? Because it's fucking Mega Man. But you have Kirby. It's an original soundtrack. No matter what, it's there. Also, Kirby suck is iconic. Like you hear that suck sound and it's still in gaming today, like on your switch. Yeah, it's been improved a little bit, but, you know, you hear that and it's like, that's fucking Kirby. Also, like the, the the ending song when you beat the level, like da 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 da. You know it. Everybody knows it when they hear it. It's like that is fucking Kirby, and it's all here in this game. So that's what I'm saying. If you don't like the soundtrack, that's fine. But you cannot deny that it's it's iconic. Everything about this game is iconic. They're they're like if you don't like the soundtrack, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, go to hell. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. It is. You're right. It is fucking icon. Like I think of the Kirby Adventure soundtrack more because again I played it on my TV. But it's a lot of the similar mm-hmm. music and like yeah the music like this is gonna sound really stupid but like th- the that first level song like and I can hear it in my head and it, it kind of sounds mm-hmm. like a Saturday morning cartoon pump up song and they're like yeah it's like it's got rocky undertones but they're like if you fall you'll be able to just get up and keep going. It's just like, come on, but it's like, oh, Rocky's tired. Well, take a minute, catch your breath, and then go again. But it's like happy. It fits the game so insanely well. Frankly, better than a lot of my favorite soundtracks fit the games they're on. It just fits it so perfectly. It's a Saturday morning cartoon. It's perfect. It so encapsulates the the feeling of adventure as well, yeah. I, I think, in Green Greens. Like, you're about to go off. Kirby's about to go save his save his home planet or homeland or whatever the fuck he's doing. It feels like, yeah, Kirby's the hero. This pink puffball that's just like unassuming as fuck and is going to be the, the hero of the day. But you are the hero and you get that vibe from that song so well. And it's just so well executed. Now I can't get the comparison to Rocky out of my head. I'm just thinking of like like <laughs> dun, a nicer version dun, dun, of Mickey dun. over there just being like, get up, you bum, but do do it in your own time. Yeah, yeah exactly. When you're ready, whenever you're <laughs> yeah. ready. God. Don't strain yourself. <laughs> you know, it's funny because like if I was just thinking about it, like if I had been in charge of the music for this game, it would have been like a tuba. Like, cause it's like <laughs> kind of heavy Kirby, like waddling down the level. Like it would have just been like, <laughs> and instead they were like, no, let's make it happy. Go live. It works. It works really well. Now I want to see Kirby's punch out. Yeah. Nice. Let's do it. Everybody's King Hippo. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Except it would be too easy. It would just be like, oh, you, you landed a punch, you win. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's Kirby's, Kirby's punch-out. Punch Actually, I don't like that. I, like, as, a, as a punch-out fan, that makes my fucking eye twitch a little bit. I don't like that at all. That's bold. You can keep your fucking simple... They'd be like, you guys want Kirby Dark Souls? Let's fucking do Kirby Dark Souls. And now I can hear all the Dark Souls fans losing their minds, which is fucking good, because they're all sick. Anyways. No, just the only easy boss would be Soda Popinski. Oh, that motherfucker. Don't you fucking, I'll leave this fucking podcast right now. I swear to fucking God. That man haunts me in my dreams. I'm, so, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Fuck. I hate him. All right. So before we talk about whether or not we think this game holds up today, we have some random fun facts that uh, we found that we thought you might be interesting uh, for our just kind of miscellaneous section. So uh, Shane, what did, mm. what did you find to share with the group for this? episode oh okay this is this is my share with the class moment fantastic there you go teach back so a couple couple things that i just found sort of interesting um and perhaps somebody else will and if not well fine fuck you then but amusingly this actually is one of the few perhaps only kirby games that depict him smiling on the north american box art 
nearly every other Kirby release in North America shows him with like this like pissed off expression, whereas the art in Japan has always shown him as just this like smiling, happy go lucky character. The evidently the thought process behind that is that America is just too fucking extreme. And so we need everybody to be angry. But just an interesting thing to note. The other one is, uh, you know, given that the game's like 20 minutes, you can extend that time by like yeah, 22 seconds, maybe if you just pause the game and let it sit. Because if you let it sit for that long, Kirby will start dancing, which is adorable. Of course, I need to do that. Little, little yeah. battery sucking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it extends your gameplay experience by 10 percent yeah. that's right i mean nowadays that would have been a paid dlc so you know exactly my interesting tidbit here is you know rather famously so you probably already know this is what i'm trying to say here uh is that kirby was not known what color kirby was supposed to be so if you see the game boy cover you see that kirby is white shigeru miyamoto thought that kirby was yellow of course we all know now that kirby is pink and Masahiro Sakurai claims that when he made Kirby, of course, he intended Kirby to be pink because what other color would he be? I yeah, mean, that's exactly what I would say, too. Yeah, of course. He was always pink. Duh. <laughs> How'd you not know that, Mr. Miyamoto? Dumbass. What'd you ever do for video games? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking scrub. <laughs> there it is. No one knew what color Kirby was supposed to be. So the other thing, too, is that actually the, all of the material, like marketing material in North America had Kirby as white. Yeah, because us folks over here, frankly, were confused as fuck as to what color he was supposed to be because the Japanese couldn't even figure it out either. They were just like, ah, it's uh, pink, maybe yellow. I don't fucking know. And then so we just played it safe and we're like, well, he's kind of white looking in the game. So we're just going to go with that. And that's what they stuck with. I can understand yellow because that was just the color palette of the Game Boy. Yeah. So I, yeah. I get where Miyamoto was coming from. And before I turn it over to Adam here, one thing I didn't write down was that we talked about how he may have been named after a lawyer for Nintendo and mm. the lawyer's name was Jack Kirby. Yes. He was the lawyer for Nintendo when they went up against Universal for the King Kong lawsuit. Yep. Which Nintendo ended up winning. If they had ended up losing that lawsuit, we have no idea where Nintendo would be today. So I could understand if that was the reason. I also heard he may have been a landlord, but they might be getting that confused. The Mario story. Either way, that's what people talk about when it may be an homage to a lawyer that Nintendo uh, had that was for the universal case can you imagine a world without danky can yeah, suck at universal you fucking hacks <laughs> fuck them i don't watch a lot of movies so i feel confident saying that fuck universe i don't know what movies they make fuck them i don't anyway dude imagine imagine if kirby had come out on nes first i wonder if they would have been like like i wonder what color they would have made him. like if that had been the first because like they had no choice they couldn't color him on the game boy like i wonder if they had done the right. nes one first like i wonder if he would have been pink or if they would have made him white or if they would have made him yellow or like, I wondered, like, is, I don't know. Oh, in, in North America, he would have, he would have had like a, a vein going down his, his forehead and pumping <laughs> yeah, with yeah. black like eyes and fangs yeah. and shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He would have had a gun. Yeah, gun. <laughs> <laughs> Kirby with a gun. In that fat little flipper of his. And he just, he's like, I can't pull the trigger, but. He does have a gun in Kirby's adventure. Oh yeah, the, or is that Kirby no? It Superstar? is yeah, and the shooting the the mini game where you have to do the quick draw thing. Yeah, fuck yeah, I love that little mini game. By see, the way, yeah, we they gave him a gun. You're right, they did. See, there you see go. Shane, you're you're on. Kirby's something. Adventure is the best. I love that game. <laughs> uh, and Adam, you you found a fun fact. Yeah, so my fact isn't necessarily about Kirby's Dreamland, but like when I saw your notes, I was like, man, these guys know their shit. And I was like, I don't know what left there really is to say about fucking 
Like these notes are longer than the fucking game is. I was like, what else is there to say about fucking Kirby's Dreamland? And I mean this sincerely. One thing I've always wondered about Kirby is for anyone that likes Smash Brothers these days, uh, why is Kirby the only character that like survives at the beginning of Smash Ultimate? When you start the single player campaign, he's the only one you can play as. And so I Googled that for this episode and I always assumed it was just because uh, Sakurai created Kirby and then he's in charge of Smash Brothers. So he's like, he's my boy. He gets to be the first character. Apparently, according to Sakurai, what they did was when they were making Smash Brothers Ultimate, they sat down and looked at the entire roster and they were like, which characters could realistically escape whatever the fucking power is in Smash Brothers that's like catching all of them. Mm. And they were like, the only characters we think realistically could escape were Bayonetta, uh, Palatina, and Kirby. And once you will it down to that list, it's like, well, of course we're going to fucking go with Kirby um, because Bayonetta is, you know, let's call a spade a spade. Bayonetta is a PG-13 dominatrix. True. Yes. And I don't even know who Palatina is. I think she's from Kid Icarus. Yes. Okay. I have no, I was like, fuck, but everybody knows who Kirby is. But I always wonder that because like you would assume that it'd be Mario. Like that Mario would be the like like he's the one character we're gonna have represent everybody. How would they figure Kirby escapes? He's slow as hell, and when you try running away, you accidentally press up, and he just becomes a puffball. Was <laughs> I he... not clear about Kirby being an avatar of a god, Chris? Yeah. No, I guess it's his star. His star is like a super ship. Oh, he right. Can get away his on star. his star. Got it. Yeah. 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 Like Goku's cloud and shit. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, I did see people bring up, like, well, can't Sonic run faster than like the speed oh, of God. light and stuff? The but, Sonic fandom has entered the chat. Yeah, Jesus like, Christ! Like, like the fuck, like on a Nintendo. Listen, I know that Nintendo and Sega and Sonic—they're all friends now, and they go on picnics and stuff. But like, yeah. like, like the fuck that Nintendo's gonna be like, hey, our flagship fighting game will make Sonic be the face character. The one that we like, that's awesome. no, it would be fucking sick, but no chance in fuck. <laughs> so they were like, let's, let's make the, let's make Kirby the fucking, the first one. So anyway, that's my Kirby fact is that by default, he had to be the one that could get away. Nice. If they really wanted to just rub it in, they, they make them have big, the cat be the character instead. Oh, fuck. What a crappy <laughs> fucking character. What a crappy. I could rant about this for an hour. What a shitty character. Of all the <laughs> shit characters in video games, Big the Cat is the worst one. Worse than any of them. The worst. Done. Even better than the Knuckles Chaotix crew? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah, I like the Knuckles Chaotix crew. They have like a fucking crocodile with headphones or something, and there's like a, yeah. a bee with a red mullet or something. I don't <laughs> fucking, I don't know what the fuck they are. They're edgy as fuck, man. They're all cooler than that useless piece of shit cat. Fuck, I hate you. I don't like cats in real life. Big the cat is fucking <laughs> the worst one. I hate that guy. At least he loves Blaster Master. We can, we can confirm I, that. Fuck, I gave that. Dude, speaking of games, you need to read the fucking manuals. Fucking Blaster yeah. Master. Jesus fuck. Anyways, I'm done. I'm done ranting. Okay. We're going to talk about whether or not this game holds up today, in mm. our opinion. I'll kick this off, followed by Shane, and then Adam can have the final word. And whether or not you should play this game in the year of our Lord 2022. I will say that, yes, this game does hold up. You shouldn't pay more than five dollars for it because it's a 20 minute game max. But it is a simple pick up and play game. If you just want to have a good time, if you just want to relax, have a game that you can beat and just feel good about yourself and just just be happy because Kirby is a happy game that does make you feel joy. It does spark joy. <laughs> Mary Kondo approved. Yes. If you've never played Kirby's Dreamland and you can get it on the cheap, I know it's available 
on eShops and you should check that out before they all go away, which is like soon. Get on it, pick it up for like nothing, enjoy it and keep it in your library for something just to go back to whenever you want to. I don't know if it's available on the eShop. No, Game Boy games aren't available on the Switch Online. So uh, that's what I meant by uh, Switch Online. It's not available on Switch Online yet uh, for Dreamland, but it is one of those games that you can just go back to play for 20 minutes. Enjoy it. You're going to have a good time. Simple enough gameplay. It's good. Holds up. Shane? I mean, yes, of course. Like, yes, it holds up. Like, I can think of a million worse ways to spend roughly 20 minutes of your life, right? Like, it's it's low impact, low investment experience that you can feel good about finishing and feel good the whole time you're playing it. For the record, this is coming from a Diablo and Dark Souls fanboy here. I mean, isn't a break from all the gritty grimdark games just kind of like a breath of fresh air sometimes, even if it's only, you know, a fleeting 20 minutes. It's 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 a nice change of pace. You could do a lot worse. And um, it's just fun. It's just fun to play it. It's one of those games that reminds me that video games are supposed to be fun, right? Like back in the day uh, around this era of video gaming, that was more or less par for the course. Most games, I would argue, were more of like, a, this is, you know, this is a little more lighthearted. It's it's fun. Right. And then at some point, you know, we we went into the the attitude era of video games and we (laughs) and we never left it. So everything has to be realistic. Everything has to have like a real bleak backstory and and whatever. And sometimes that's fine. Like I fucking love near and that's the bleakest game I've ever played in my fucking life. Sometimes, you know, we just need to sit down with a game that's just going to make you feel good. And, And this game will do that. So for those reasons, I vote yes. All right, Adam, take us out. Give us the final word. Listen, I agree with just about everything you guys said. And I do think this game holds up in the sense of like, it is completely playable today. And if you were to pick this up and play it, you would have a great half hour. It would be fun. Devil's advocate here, unless you have got a a stone cold, easy way to pick this up and play it, I don't think it's worth your time. Unless you're a completionist, who needs to see where Kirby came from? If you were to like, if you came to me, if you two had never played Kirby and you came to me and you're like, I want to play some old school Kirby, what should I play? I would say skip Kirby's Dreamland and go to Kirby's Adventure on the NES. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like Kirby's Dreamland plays like a beta for Kirby's Adventure. It's not that it's bad. It's it's fine. If they ever add it to the Nintendo Switch as part of the online, I'd be like, absolutely. Like, play, spend the half hour playing it. But I all I'm saying, like. If you're going to play one old, it's like Sonic. Like we're, we're talking Sonic the Hedgehog on my podcast this week. I was like, the original Sonic is not worth playing today. Sonic two is the original. Isn't it's not even that it's bad. Mm. I just feel like it's been, it's been rendered obsolete. And I kind of feel like that with this game outside of completion, totally playable. I just don't know if it's worth your time compared to Kirby's adventure or Kirby's dreamland too. But that's, that's me. No, I think that's a totally fair assessment. And, and actually I was just poking around, looking it up because I was curious and, Right now, a loose copy of Kirby's Dreamland is going for around twenty to twenty-five dollars, which is about fifteen to twenty dollars more than you probably ought to spend on it. Agreed. To I be agree. fair, uh, also for the record, I could feel Adam seething in the background when Chris was just like, "Yeah, you should probably only spend five bucks on this game." <laughs> no, no, because I do think that that's about all this game is like. Fucking, that's, that's all I should have fucking spent on it. <laughs> fucking. 30 fucking years ago. God damn it. When you adjust for inflation and the fact you live in Canada, I mean, today you spent like a thousand dollars on Kirby. Oh, dude. Yeah. 
I, I could buy a PS5 for what I fucking spent on Kirby's Dreamland when I was fucking nine years old. But like, it's it's totally playable. It's just like you guys said, like I personally, I'd be like five bucks is the limit I would pay to play this game today. All right. I think that brings us to the end of the episode, Shane. I think it does. Before we go and, and jump into our little diatribe, uh, as we are, in fact, want to do, we always like to give an opportunity to our most esteemed guests to, uh, you know, plug what they're doing. Um, so first of all, just getting it out there, Adam, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. So thank you for stopping by. This has been one hell of a fun thing to, to record with you. Oh, like, thanks for having me. This has been a blast. I love doing other people's podcasts because I don't have to do any of the work. I can just sit back and embarrass <laughs> myself. And this was awesome. So thank you guys for having me. This was fun. Oh, yeah, it's been an honor. Fantastic. And speaking of other things that you happen to be up to, uh, tell tell the fine people at home where they can find the things that you do. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I host a, a retro gaming podcast called Remember the Game. If you liked what I did today, where I just swear and get a little bit too worked up over stupid, trivial video game facts uh, and quite often get games mixed up because I don't claim to be a very intelligent man, uh, you would like my show. Uh, we've done a, we're at 192 episodes and uh, you can find us wherever you get podcasts. I am a professional comedian. Uh, no joke. Uh, pun intended, I guess, or unintended, uh, whatever. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But I am a professional comedian. Uh, and that's all my show is. It's just me and my buddies. Most of them are also comedians. Just talking about games we played back when we had all our hair. And uh, it's really laid back. <laughs> Remember the game podcast.com or just wherever you find your podcasts. Awesome. Also, b before I do our thing, I'm just curious because it's it's been bothering me this this entire time. Sure. Has anybody ever told you that you sound a lot like Bill Burr? I you know what? Uh, thank you, by the way, I one person left us a review about a year ago and to this moment it's my favorite fucking video game like review of my podcast ever and someone was like this is like if bill burr hosted a video game podcast and as a <laughs> professional comedian i was like that's about the highest praise you could possibly give me yeah and that was really nice because most people are like has anyone ever told you you sound like an idiot uh, so <laughs> he told that i sound like bill burr that, that's very nice so thank you uh yeah that's really nice thank you yeah no for sure well, as far as we're concerned, if you're listening to this, then that means you've found us. So hi, hello, welcome. We're glad that you're here. If you'd like to engage with the show in uh, a couple other various and sundry ways besides just having it passively enter your ear holes, then you can do that. And not only can you do that, but we make it easy for you, right? We do it for you. All you need to do is head on over to Linktree slash Retro Hangover. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash retro hangover and you will be presented with a finely curated menu of buttons and you can click any one you want it'll take you to our public discord or you can join in our community there we have a lot of fun we're running monthly high score challenges with uh, old school arcade games this month at the time of recording we are running robotron at 2084 which is one of the first twin stick shooters um, so I'm having a lot of fun with that. So please uh, feel free to jump in and join us. We always welcome a plus one. Uh, we also do have our Patreon and our merch store. If you are interested in supporting the show in that fashion, as well as all of our social medias and the thing that I'm going to have Chris tell you about, which is our Twitch channel. Yes. So if you go to twitch.tv slash retro hangover, you can find us at Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be playing a game of some kind. I'm probably still playing through Lunar Eternal Blue because I don't think I'm ever going to be done with that game. 30 episodes. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. 
Uh, Shane is probably playing something much more relevant and interesting, but you do get to see me swear a lot and get mad at Lamina in Lunar Eternal Blue. So if that interests you, go to twitch.tv slash retro hangover at seven at nine p.m. Eastern time. Holy shit. And <laughs> we will see you there. All right. Well, I suppose with all of that being said, until next time. Play with your where does that sucking go joystick. Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee. And Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part? No added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in head first with full 12 ounce bags. They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly slash RHP Bones. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash R-H-P B-O-N-E-S. Is he back? Hello? Hello. Hey. There he hey. is. So yeah, so when you guys get the voice, like you're gonna hear me. I was ranting about the arrows in Final Fantasy and how much they fucking make me angry and how much they drive me crazy. <laughs> and then I was like, and I was like, I'm scared of I'm fucking up my builds in Final Fantasy Tactics too. And then I was like, either these guys are like, fuck off, third wheel, or they're like, we can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> and I don't know which one it is. But I was like, I don't think they can hear me. So sorry. I just thought you were just being real quiet. No, that was weird. I was kind of like trying to get your opinion on the arrows and I'm like, okay. Yeah, I was like, so, I never right. you, he has none. <laughs> Ashton, <laughs> work, work, your ma- work your magic with that, okay? It's totally a natural conversation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is going to be great outtakes. Yeah. <laughs>